Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with a little bit of a curveball. We've got Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University in the house. Got to get his thoughts on Denzel Ward, some of these receiver money and guys that want new contracts. And let's break down the big boys, the D tackles with the civilian goat in about a minute. First, though, everyone needs to know we're presented by DraftKings. Love DraftKings. Hopefully you already listened or watched yesterday's Even Money podcast. There are a lot of very good betting opportunities on the NFL draft. For those of you that are so inclined, I know a lot of you aren't. That's perfectly fine. But there are. If you're into it, there's also some amazing opportunities to be the spread the word winner for this week at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, the sponsor confirmation email winner. Love some of these sponsors, Lumen Skin, Ufos. We got a new sponsor that's changed my life. I'm not even getting Ufos. Wait till I tell you about Ufos. And then I love the YouTube shout out because it's fun for me to do the cameo style videos for you. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I haven't gotten any sponsor confirmation email winners yet this week. So take advantage of any of our sponsors. Send me an email, Ross at Ross Tucker.com or just become a patron. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, we're going to dive into the D tackles. Uh, But there has been some news the last week or so that I want to get your opinion on. And I want to start with the wide receiver money that has exploded. And I don't talk about money with you. I know you break down the film. And as you say, the money is the money. But what the NFL is telling us, Greg, with some of these contracts for Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, et cetera, uh, they're telling us that they really think that that is a hugely important position. I mean, almost, I guess, third maybe after edge rusher and quarterback now in terms of what those guys are making. I feel like it didn't used to be that way. I feel like there used to be the thought, Greg, hey, if you have a great quarterback, you can have several solid receivers 
like the Patriots, for an example, right. without having to break the bank. So I guess I'm just curious. Um, look, the league's telling us what they think. The Dolphins told us what they think. Why do you think that is? And do you agree in terms of the elite money and the importance that teams are putting on these receivers? Well, there's, we could spend the whole 20 minutes on this, Ross. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, look, we know that teams view the league as a passing league, that you need explosive plays in the passing game. So it only makes sense then that receivers would be important. But there's a flip side to that. Because receivers are among the most drafted position every year, there's usually 30 to 35 receivers taken in the draft. Receivers now are exist at all levels of football because even you start playing football it's seven on seven there's always receivers so the question becomes are these guys so special that you have to pay them this kind of money or do are there just going to be more receivers that are essentially similar and again this is just food for thought i don't want people to hear listen to me and say oh he doesn't think these guys are any good but Okay, so you just paid Tyreek Hill big, big dollars, right? Yep. All right, so let me ask you this. Again, I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying, so let's say you didn't pay Tyreek Hill big dollars and you drafted Jamison Williams. You know, is there a huge difference? I'm just proposing this as a question. So now you get a guy on your rookie con- on his rookie contract who in some ways, in some ways, maybe not every way, and, and we'll see Jamison Williams obviously hasn't played in the NFL yet. And Tyreek Hill has at a, at a very high level. And most would say he's the most explosive wide receiver in the game. Uh, but is w- when you factor in beyond the field to the money situation, is there a big difference? And I think teams now, as we go forward, are going to have to determine that. They're going to have to determine if it's truly worth it to pay this kind of money for receivers or because there's always so many of them and there's only going to be more and more and more because of the nature of, you know, peewee football, Pop Warner football, junior high football, high school football, and college football. Are there always going to be more guys? Greg, I love this point because, as you mentioned, the explosion of flag football when they're really young and then seven-on-seven football as they get older, this is the third straight class, at least, where people are talking about how loaded the receiver position is. And, oh, by the way, I don't think they said that the year Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, and, of course, out in Seattle, the big boy, D.J. Metcalf, and he, I don't remember them saying that was no, a great you can go back draft. even further the year. Let's say that Julio Jones and A.J. Green were the fourth and the sixth pick in the draft. As I recall, they weren't discussing receivers the way we're discussing receivers now. Right. My point is D.K. Metcalf. I don't know why I said D.J., but D.K. Metcalf. Those guys all went in the second round. Correct. Four years ago. Okay. The fact that they all are holding out not holding out, but not participating in the off-season program as they look for new contracts. The fact that there's that many of them, Greg, sort of reinforces your point, which is, okay, 
yeah, they're all really good players, but that's four guys in the second round four years ago. Yeah, and Stephon Diggs, I know he just they, got paid. You right, know, they all Diggs just got paid, money. but he wasn't a first-round pick either. Right, who's that, Greg? Stephon Diggs. Right, so the point is, I think, look, I don't blame these guys at all, ever. Nor do I. Get their money. Nor do I. But the fact that it's this many of them, Greg, that's got to give, if you're a front, in the front office executive, that's got to give you some pause and be like, okay, yeah, they're all really good. I wish we had them on our team, or I'm glad we have them on our team, but that's four guys in the second round of the same year. So do we pay them 20 plus million dollars a year or do we draft a guy this year and hope that we're getting another similar guy? It's just food for thought. There's no right answer right now, but teams are going to have to make these kinds of decisions going forward because what's going to happen because of, of the Deshaun Watson deal is players are now going to ask for guaranteed contracts and, and it's probably going to move in that direction. That's a question for our buddy, Andrew Brandt more than myself. Uh, But if it does move in that direction, teams are going to have to make some hard decisions. It's really, really interesting. I think the number of receivers wanting these contracts ends up hurting them. Meanwhile, you got the other side, Greg, where people realize, wait a minute, we got to have people that can cover these guys. And Denzel Ward gets a huge contract. I'll get into the numbers a little bit later. Um, but I, I, there's probably some people that didn't realize Denzel Ward, or at least the, that the Browns looked at Denzel Ward as you wear your Browns orange today, or maybe it's your Princeton <laughs> orange. Maybe they didn't realize that Denzel Ward was this kind of player. What can you tell us about Denzel Ward? Because this he's well, the guy that just finishes. And it's funny you say corner. that. And, and corner is viewed because of receivers as a really important position as well. And usually it's corners and receivers that are the two most drafted positions. Because if you're going to play with three wide and some teams with four wide, you never have enough corners. So that is, but that's always been a premium position. And so again, forgetting about the money because you either want Denzel Ward on your team or you don't. And if you're the Browns, you do. So you have to pay him. But Ward is a, is a good corner. He's their boundary corner. Um, boundary corners tend to play a lot of man coverage. Even when it's a zone call, the boundary corner often l- plays man technique and, and a man concept, even in a zone call. So Ward is a critical piece to what the Browns are building defensively. And they've actually got some pretty good defensive players that they've built up over these last number of years. Um, so he's he's a good player. You know, I, I'm always leery to say a guy's a shutdown player. I don't know how many guys are really like that, you know, because the passing game, so many balls are thrown, guys get beat. You know, that's just the nature of playing corner in the NFL. I mean, that's the reality of life. But, I mean, you you can feel comfortable lining up Ward on the outside playing man coverage. In an ideal world, would you like him to be 20 pounds heavier? Yeah, but he's not. Let's get into guys that are definitely 20 pounds heavier, and that is the D-tackles in this year's draft <laughs> class, Greg. Um, I, I like to always let you pick the first guy you want to talk about because I'm curious well, who that is. So who's yeah. the first guy – at defensive tackle that you want to talk about, Greg? Logan Hall from Houston. I'm waiting for your surprise there, Ross. I thought you might go, oh, my God, you know. Uh, no, I'm glad. I did his I did his game against UConn. I was very impressed. I'm surprised he's not ranked higher. Loved his versatility. Love his hands. He actually reminds me 
of like the the great three four DNs over the years with that size and strength, but he still has movement. Yeah, I'm thinking almost like Aaron Smith from the I knew Steelers. you. It's funny. I was just going to say Aaron Smith's name. That's that. God, we're thinking alike, Ross. That, that that's a problem. Uh, um, Seymour. I mean, look. The, that's who he reminded me. I, I had to go against a lot of those guys, Greg. Well, it's funny. Look, I, I'm very loath to compare anyone to Richard Seymour. He's a Hall of Famer, and he was 315 pounds. So I'm not – I'm just talking about the way a player can be deployed within a defensive front. I'm not going to sit here and say Logan Hall is Richard Seymour. But Richard Seymour was obviously a player that Bill Belichick lined up all across the defensive front, and he was dominant in any position he played. Logan Hall, to me, at his best, is an interior player. He can play three technique. Now, you can line him up outside as well. I saw him rush the quarterback off the edge and be effective. But I think with his size and his length, over 6'6", about 285 pounds, arm length isn't phenomenal to play on the outside, but that's not as big a factor playing inside. That's why I think he's ultimately a three technique or what they call a four-eye Um He's got burst explosiveness off the ball, both laterally and vertically up the field. He's got really heavy hands. He's got natural power. I think he's one of the best D-tackle prospects in this draft class. And because of his positional versatility, that enhances his value in today's NFL. He was a player who I knew nothing about when I put the tape on other than seeing his name. And I really, really came away loving his tape. Yeah, it's interesting since we're talking D-tackles because I called Logan's game against UConn and um, who has a very good defensive tackle themselves and Travis Jones, very different player. Travis is 320-plus. Certainly, I was more impressed that day and on tape by Logan Hall. Um, He had more around him, but... Just so good with his hands. Just yes. so good at locking out and extending. Yes. Way you're going to need to do at the next level. So. And, and one, one quick point, and you know this as an offensive lineman, where you place your hands when you strike with them. He was really good at putting them kind of in that spot. It's like the collarbone area, you know, because I, I, I've talked to yeah. coaches about this, where you really can't deal with that very well as an offensive lineman. Totally agree. All right, Greg, let's get into the Georgia boys. Uh, yep. wide variance of opinion on both of these guys, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. All right, you want to start with Jordan Davis? Sure. All right. First of all, Jordan Davis, a couple of points that need to be made. Number one, at what he is, he's phenomenal at it, okay? He is phenomenal at playing in a six-foot-by-six-foot six confined area. He's got dominant, dominant, ridiculous strength. He can control a small area, maybe as well as as any, certainly as well as anybody in this draft and as well as anybody we may have seen in a while. That's strength. There is a difference, Ross, between strength and power. Power would best be described as strength in motion. Jordan Davis is not powerful. He does not move people. He controls an area, okay, but he does not move people. There's a big difference. And the other thing you must consider if you're going to draft Jordan Davis is he played about 20 snaps a game for Georgia. He did not play on third down. So, again, raising a question, not not making a judgment, raising a question. What is the value of a base defense defensive tackle in today's NFL? Is that worthy of a top 15 pick in a draft? 
It's a question. My question for you is, we've seen the combine numbers. Did you see anything on tape that would lead you to believe if they had given him a shot on third down that he can do it? He can provide some value there. I would say that that would be at the lower end of the of the percentage spectrum right now. You'd have to project that in your mind. You'd have to believe that two years from now, three years from now, he could be part of your sub-defense. Th- then it depends on who's with him. Think of Greg Gaines with the Rams. He came out of the University of Washington. No one saw him at all as a sub-defense D-tackle. He ended up over the final half of the season for the Rams playing literally every snap, but he also had Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd as the other parts of that sub-front. So he did not have to be a big-time pass rusher. Um, So Jordan Davis is a projection. And as I said, he only played on average about 20 snaps a game. So it becomes a projection as well whether he can play 45 snaps a game. What about Wyatt, the other D-tackle from Georgia in this draft? Yeah, Wyatt to me is a solid player who I felt when I finished watching him is probably going to be one of those really good rotational D linemen. Um, I don't think Devontae Wyatt is is a special prospect. I didn't think he had jump off the film traits. Um, I think he was neither high level explosive nor exceedingly strong, although he showed flashes of that. So the question is, again, can those flashes become what his game is at the next level? If those flashes become the foundation of his game, then I think you have a very good player. If they if they just remain flashes, then I think he ultimately is a solid rotational interior D lineman who, because teams play a lot of D linemen in the NFL, would be a, a really nice piece of your defensive front. All right. Uh, There's a bunch of other guys we can get to. Um, Certainly, Neil Farrell, LSU, Winfrey from Oklahoma, Mathis from Alabama, Marvin Leal, Texas A&M. Is there a guy out of the ones I just gave you that you definitely want to talk about? Well, there's two guys I think that, that I felt their tape is going to transition well. And I think it's Winfrey from Oklahoma and um, who's there and Mathis from Alabama. I think they, they both have traits that lead me to believe they can play in subfronts. And 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 I guess and this is the, the fascinating question that people have to think about because what are we doing here, Ross? We're projecting and transitioning people to the NFL in a league where the passing game and eleven personnel on offense with three wide receivers is base is clearly the majority personnel package and for some teams the dominant personnel package. So you need players that can impact the passing game. I think most teams are thinking that way now. Wouldn't you agree? Without question, that's the priority. So the question becomes the pass rush ability of players. Can they rush the quarterback? Can they be factors in your sub fronts and put some kind of pressure on the quarterback? And if they can't do that, or if you don't feel they can do that, then what is their ultimate value? When I say that, it doesn't mean they have no value. But if you're talking about drafting a player in the first round, that that's different. So I think Winfrey and Mathis can uh, can do that. 
Um, now, maybe they don't do it from day one, but I think that they showed enough when you watch their tape from 2021 at Oklahoma and Alabama, respectively, that they showed that they can ultimately be factors as pass rushers inside. Greg, you are a factor. Every time you come on the Ross Tucker football podcast, what's going on with the draft next week, by the way, Greg, or come like what for the, the matchup show? What do we need to know? You guys, well, we actually, shows, right? you know, we, we, we actually um, shot the matchup show um, last week. It, it's aired. It has a number of re-airs. I don't know all the re-airs, but we shot it because we took a different approach, and I hope people will see it. We only did one matchup show this year, so I, I didn't want it to be a highlight show, Ross, and just try to get in 30 players and just saw hi- highlights because you know what we do with the, the matchup show. We don't do highlights. So we ended up taking the premise of quarterbacks and pass rushers, and that was a fine focus show. I think it turned out really well. You know, that's the way I felt. Obviously, uh, you know, I I was the one who put it together. So, you know, I spent a lot of time agonizing over how to go about it. We got real problems. (laughs) I I spent a lot of time agonizing over how to put it together, given that we only had 21 minutes of airtime. But uh, I think it came out pretty well. Well, I got to check it out. I didn't know it was already up. I'll find it. Yeah, you can oh, find no, it. It's on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Too, and I'll, I'll DVR it so I can watch it. Absolutely love it. Check out Greg on social media, of course, at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Going to get into linebackers and safeties with Greg next week. Maybe even early in the week. I'm liking keeping you guys on your toes. But I'm loving UFOs. I'll be honest with you. I had never heard of UFOs until they came on my show as a sponsor. Now I will tell you this. I will wear UFOs footwear for the rest of my life. I used to wear other stuff. It is like I'm floating on clouds. UFOs makes active recovery footwear. Shoes, slides, boots, clogs, flip-flops, all designed with proprietary UFOAM technology and patented footbed to help you recover faster and feel better. You know, I work out every day. I'm still over 250 pounds. That's a lot on my body. I need, absolutely need to be able to recover. I I cannot describe it. Please Get a pair of UFOs anything just so you can feel the difference. I had no idea. It's like I'm walking on pillows. It is incredible. I love them. It's active recovery wherever you're going. I don't just wear for active recovery. I'm just wearing it, period, all the time because it feels so good on my hips, knees, and ankles. UFOs. With the UFOM technology, incredible. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tux takes. 
Good morning. Uh, it seems like, Ross, every day we're talking about somebody else who signs a record contract. Well, today it's Denzel Ward, five years, $100.5 million, $100 million contract, 71.25 of it guaranteed. Right. I don't, that's not all guaranteed right at signing. It's like rolling guarantees, but it's guaranteed right at signing for injury, which is why they can say it's guaranteed because. Uh, he's got that much money if he gets hurt, which is incredible. Congratulations for Denzel. That is a unbelievable accomplishment that changes his family for generations, which you guys know that's my goal, right, is for as many of these guys with unique ability as possible to be able to maximize what they can earn, the financial security for their families that they can earn from their gifts and their hard work. Congratulations to Denzel. Here's the reality. Here's what the Browns realize. Andrew Barry, okay? You're not going to get them for cheaper later. So once you decide this is a core guy, this is a guy you want to have around for years, you might as well give them the contract now because it's not going to cost less a year from now or six months from now. It's only going to cost more as the cap keeps going up with the gambling money and blah, blah, blah. So Andrew Barry worked with Howie Roseman with the Eagles. He realizes that. He's smart. He went to Harvard. If he was really smart, he would have gone to Princeton like his brother, but he's smart. He went to Harvard. Ducks takes. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, all of the 2019 second-round picks not participating in off-season programs as they are looking for a new contract. So, right. So these guys have seen what Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs got. They are all second-round picks in 2019. I think Metcalf is as well. And they want their money. They, they haven't made very much money comparatively. As second-round picks, they probably made two or $3 million, which is a ton of money to you and I, but they're seeing guys they think that they're on the same level as in over $20 million a year and crazy guarantees. So they're not participating because they, they don't want to get hurt. They want to get a new contract now that they're eligible for one before they would get an injury, and they want to get that life-altering money that Denzel Ward just got. Don't blame them at all, but I thought Greg and I had an interesting conversation earlier about the fact that if there's that many of them, then what does that really mean? Like, th does it mean it's easy to get one of those guys? Ducks takes. Baltimore Ravens cut wide receiver Miles Boykin, but uh, have no fear he'll still be in the AFC North, claimed by the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, if he makes the team, that's the flip side. Miles Boykin is the counter argument. I think Miles might have been a third round pick. Could never get on the field for the Ravens. Could never do anything. And so now he's cut. So that is the counter argument and why A.J. Brown and McLaurin and Metcalf and Samuel are so valuable. You could draft the guy you think is like them, like Boykin, and he can't play for you. Ducks takes. Two more quick notes. The Carolina Panthers pulled the plug on the Rock Hill facility after a public funding issue, and uh, coordinator Ben McAdoo says that Sam Darnold is their starting quarterback unless he's not. 
Don't really understand that at all. McAdoo talked about Darnold as the starting quarterback. Then he said later, I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't know why he would say that. It's before the draft. Did he give away that they're not going to take a quarterback at six? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what he thinks he gave away, what information he thinks he he revealed that he shouldn't have, but it's just bizarre because nobody would have had any issue with it. It's before the draft. Of course, he's the starting quarterback right now. Who else would be? Weird. And the Rock Hill facility thing sounds weird. I, I You know, I read about it a little bit. The Panthers had a deal, and they're not getting the money that they were promised, and David Tepper doesn't mess around. I mean, David Tepper means business. And so they put it looks like it's more than halfway done from what I could see in terms of the renderings. By the way, we're well more than halfway through the month of April, which means it's Mother's Day season. And I mentioned earlier, haven't gotten any sponsor confirmation emails this week. Why not go to myfrontpagestory.com, the best Mother's Day gift ever, whether it's for your mom, your grandma, your wife, whoever. I'm just telling you, it's the coolest, most unique thing. They will cry. It will be hanging up in their house forever. Don't you want to give them something different and unique that's hanging up in their house forever? Myfrontpagestory.com. Let's do an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rostucker.com. One of my favorite things we do. Wish we could do it more. You guys take advantage of sponsors. You see them over at rostucker.com on the sponsors tab, or you hear them on the show. Then you send me an email, ross at rostucker.com, with your question. Awesome. Today's question, Mike from Mike Falcone from the Wilson area in Easton, Pennsylvania, whose wife and all her siblings uh, apparently went to school with Joe Dolan. So that's pretty cool. Uh, question for you, Ross. On average, how much prep work do you do for your podcasts, guest appearances, and college pro games? That's awesome, uh, Mike. Uh, I'm very familiar with the Wilson area. They beat my Spartans in the Eastern Final. Back in 2006, DJ Lenahan. And um, yes, I do. That's awesome that his his siblings and wife know Joe, who went to the, the private Catholic school there. That's cool. Uh, by the way, going to have an awesome fantasy feast with Joe today, going over his pre-draft quarterback and running back rankings, which are really important for those of you that are in a fantasy football which is most of you, even if you're not, just interesting to hear how he stacks these guys up. So um, really good question. So for podcasts, that's tough to answer because I feel like for both podcasts and guest appearances, my whole life is prep work, right? Like I'm always on Twitter seeing what, is new in the NFL, what's going on in the NFL. And then anytime there's an article that interests me, then I click on it, right? So let me look at my web browser right now, ranking the Eagles' best options in round one of the NFL draft because I am going to be doing draft work for the Eagles. I have an article up about the Big Ten, Fox getting the Big Ten's rights. I have Dane Brugler's seven-round NFL mock draft. I have Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. 
I have um, Apple deal for NFL Sunday ticket is reportedly done. I have a Penn State article because I'm going to go to the blue-white game on Saturday with my family. So I always have a bunch of articles up. So I don't know how much of that is prep for my appearances and podcasts or not. So I feel like my whole life is that. So I, I never know how to answer that question. In terms of actually kind of writing the script for the podcast, getting the guest, I usually say that a whole podcast is a, a solid hour for me. So that's on the front end of getting the guest and getting the questions ready and writing up the script for Brian and I for the show. And on the back end, writing down the highlights to send to intern Casey to get for YouTube and social media. It's about an hour. Guest appearances, I don't know, um, less than that. Depends on what station. Depends on where I'm going. If I'm going on in Cleveland, I'll definitely look at the latest news in Cleveland and the roster just to familiarize myself. That's only like two or three minutes. Uh, but I also know what's going on with Cleveland. I'm talking about Denzel Ward. I know about Deshaun Watson, right? College pro games, definitely more work for college than pro because um, college takes more work because I'm not as familiar. Uh, that would be a lot of hours. Reading all the game notes, watching at least the previous week's game, um, production meetings. So that's a number of hours. Good question, Mike. Love questions like that. Please spread the word to other people to check out the show. Absolutely love it. Fantasy Feast today should be awesome. Scheduled to have Jim Nagy tomorrow on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, which will be awesome. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 